Blog Talk Radio. Does anybody want the Lord to make him over? Just begin to celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. You know my other side. I can no longer hide. Let you down so. There are so many people 
that haven't uh, been able to celebrate a birthday this year because they've gone on to their reward. But I thank and praise God for this day. Uh, I've had a beautiful time with my family. Uh, My daughter, uh, Tammy, and her husband came down, and they visited with me on my birthday today, last week, Easter. I wasn't on the air because I was in Seattle with my other daughter, LaShawn, and and spending a glorious time with them. I have ten beautiful grandchildren I'm so thankful for. And it's just been a blessed two to three weeks. And I'm just excited about what God is doing in my life. So I'm very, very grateful. I say thank you, Lord, for allowing me to see my 60th birthday. It is truly an honor, and it is truly a blessing to be able to celebrate 60 years. Well, after the broadcast tonight, if you would uh, go back on our uh, webpage on blogtalkradio.com uh, slash a word from God, there's a little button there that says follow. And I'm going to ask you to please push that button, and it lets me know that you are following and that you are enjoying our broadcast. And I do want to say thank you to all who have been following the broadcast. Thank you for your encouraging words and for your support. I do love you all. I do want to say thank you to everyone who wrote me a, a kind word on Facebook today for my first uh, for my for my birthday. I want to say thank you to everyone in my church at Day Springs Family Church who wished me uh, a very happy birthday. All of my friends uh, uh, from my childhood on up to now, school chums, friends that uh, I've known throughout the years. And I just want to say thank you for your kind words on today, just letting me know that you are celebrating this special day with me. Hallelujah. Well, you can now go to our new website called awordfromgod.webs.com. And we ask that you browse our site and that you also follow our links to our other affiliate sites and blogs. Also, we now have a page on Facebook, as many of you know, called A Word From God. Please click the like button to show us or that you want to be a friend uh, with us uh, on our uh, Facebook page, which is A Word From God. And you can now email me at a awordfromgod3 at aol.com. Again, that's a word from God. At AOL.com. Now, I'm going to ask you when you go on our website uh, that you would check out our ad costs and advertisement page on our website. And if you would like to have your church event or business announced on the air, or if you're an artist and you would like to have your CD played uh, on a word from God, please go to our website for instructions on our advertising costs or just email me again at a word from God at AOL.com. Now, uh, this week, because I've been out of town and I've been doing some other things, I had uh, kind of stopped doing my um, uh, daytime broadcast, but I'm going to be starting that back up on tomorrow, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays at uh, 10 a.m., and then on Sunday nights, as, uh, as usual, at 7.30 p.m., all at Central Standard uh, Time. Now, on the Wednesday morning show, it will be a show for businesses. And I'm looking to have business owners to come on the show. Uh, I would like to interview you and uh, 
and other people who are listening to uh, the show will get a chance to hear about you and hear about uh, your business. Listeners will be able to call in and ask questions. So if you're a business owner and this is something that you would be interested in, I'm going to ask that you please go to our website, a com, and go to our ads and uh, advertising cost page, and it has all of the pricing information uh, that you will need to be able to come on to the broadcast. Now, on Mondays and Fridays, I basically just do a musical show, just good gospel uh, music, something that you can listen to throughout the day to kind of help you along in your day. We like to do it on Mondays because so many people, you know, are going through the Monday morning blues, and sometimes it's just uh, you don't want to be there or be at work or, you know, just got so much to do at home. And we just like to play good gospel music just to soothe your soul, to heal your mind, heal your body, heal your spirit. And then on Fridays we like to play good gospel music because it's Friday. And many times, you know, you're raring to go, you know, you're looking forward to the weekend, or you may have Friday night service and you want to get a head start in your praise. Uh, uh, you may want to, uh, you might be going out of town. And we just like to play you some good gospel music. So please tune in on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays uh, at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time on blogtalkradio.com slash a word from God. And now we have a new blog called A Word from God One. And that can be found a word from God One dot blogspot B L O G S P O T dot com. That's a word from God One dot blogspot B L O G S P O T dot Com. And I ask that you just go on our blog and just read some of the things that God has placed on my heart to share with you. And uh, I just want uh, this to be just be an encouragement uh, to you. Also, I'd like for you to check out my other affiliated uh, links that I do have on uh, my blog. Also, if you are a church and uh you're an up and coming church or you have uh uh you just want me to mention you on your blog that is my blog that is free of charge to you I want to be a blessing to you just please email me uh with all of your information as far as your the name of your church the name of the pastor and wife uh your church address and your church email uh address and your website and I would love to put that on my blog just to let others know, you know, where you're located. Maybe somebody there is, maybe there's somebody in your city that's looking for a church home. And I would love to be able to point them into your direction. So check out our blog called A Word From God One dot blogspot dot com. Hallelujah. And also, I have out my CDs now. Uh, the one is called Secrets, and it sells for $15 for a two-disc set. Secrets is to help bring about the hidden things that you have buried deep within your soul, deep within your spirit, but you're afraid to let it go or you're afraid to bring it out. And this CD will help to bring the emotional healing to your heart, your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit. Spirit. Uh, the other is called I Give Myself Away, and it sells for 
in this message, the question to you is, is this just something that you say or is it something that you do? Do you truly give like Christ gave? And I am still working. I wanted to have that out in April, but I am still working on the um, my end time series called The End of Times where I'm teaching on the rapture, the Bema Seat Judgment, the marriage of the Lamb, the Great Tribulation, the Antichrist, and much, much more. So I want you to stay tuned on that. But as you continue to listen to the broadcast, you will find out more and more about the CDs that I have out. Also, please visit Lady B. Lovely Fashions uh, website. Uh, at Lady B. Lovelies, we carry um, women's church suits and men's suits. We have business suits. We have usher and choir uniforms. We have jewelry, hats, and various other merchandise. And we try to do everything at affordable pricing. So please go to Lady B. Lovely Fashions website. Uh, they are Lady B. Lovely Fashions dot webs dot com. That's Lady B. Lovely. Fashions with an S on the end of fashions dot webs w e b s dot com and then we have lady b lovely fashions with an S dot net check out both of our websites and I'm sure that you'll find something on there uh, that you can t- uh, use we have a lot of great church suit suits business suits casual wear all kinds of wonderful things so check us out online. And also on blogtalkradio.com slash a word from God on that page, I ask that you will check out uh, my affiliate links on there as well. There is one called Blood Pressure Awareness and where you can learn about high blood pressure, eating right, changing your eating lifestyle, and about exercising. Changing your eating lifestyle can add years to your life. So I'm asking you to visit all of our links. And um, just check everything out. There's a lot of great stuff, uh, a lot of affiliates that I'm with, a lot of great blogs uh, that I'm affiliated with. And I'm just going to ask you to go on and just um, uh, just check everything out because we have some great things on there. Uh, well, tonight we're going to be continuing in our motivational, the seven motivational gifts, which are the Discovering You series. And on this series on tonight, the teachings on tonight is going to be on the ministries of helps and the teaching gifts. Now these are the motivational gifts. We're not talking about uh the fivefold ministry gifts nor are we talking about the uh the nine charismatic gifts or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are the seven motivational gifts that you get when uh when we're born and there are seven and majority of us we have all of them but there are one to three that are more prevalent with with uh uh than others and so these are the ones that we want you to focus on last week we talked a little bit about the uh prophecy or the perceiver motivational gift so after um after we play this song, uh, we're going to start to get into the teaching. Uh, after the the song is over, uh, I will be opening up the phone lines, and uh, we're asking you that you feel free to call. Maybe you have a testimony or 
something that God has laid on your heart, or you just might even want to just call and wish me a happy birthday. Whatever God leads you to do, we're just asking you to call one eight one eight four seven five nine two two nine. Again, that number is one eight one eight four seven five nine two two nine. And I pray that you do um, uh, call us on this evening, and um, we just want to have a beautiful time in the Lord on this evening. Let us go into a musical selection. Listen, <laughs> yes, sir. I'm glad to see all of you all, but you know who I'm looking for? Uh, I'm looking for the special guest to show up. And one way we can do that, we can invite him in. And then when he comes, you know what I want to tell him to dwell. Stay here. Stay around. Stay around a minute. I don't know about you, but when I get into the presence of God, I don't want to go nowhere. Hallelujah. So when he comes, I say, Lord, please, just dwell. Just stay. Just stay right here. Stay. Stay. Because in the presence of God, come on. In his presence, there's the fullness of joy. And at his right hand, presence forevermore. Hallelujah. Dwell among us, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We welcome your presence. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We give you free course. Have your way in this place tonight. Let your Shekinah glory, let the glory clap. Fill this place tonight. For thou art a word. All our praise, we magnify the Jesus. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. <laughs> thou art welcome. Thou art welcome. <laughs> oh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. 
God. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome. We have a call. We're going to go over to our caller. Hello, you're on the air. Hi, Miles. This is Sean. Hi, Sean. I just wanted to call before you got started to say happy birthday and how much I love you and you have been a blessing to me my whole life. And I thank God for you every day. Oh, thank you. You're going to make your mommy cry. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to tell you happy birthday again. All right, baby. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Love you, too. All right. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, praise God. I got a wonderful birthday wish there from my baby girl, uh, LaShawn, and just so thankful for her calling in and just saying those kind, kind words. And I hope that you all enjoyed that uh, beautiful song, Holy Spirit, Thou Art Welcome. How many of you can tell the Holy Spirit that you welcome him into this place, that place being your heart, that place being your spirit, how you want him to dwell in you and dwell amongst us. It is so beautiful to have the Holy Spirit as a partner in your life, dwelling in your midst, being there for you, uh, uh, talking to you, sharing with you, uh, loving you, speaking to you, uh, just giving you direction and giving you peace and telling you how to receive from God the things that you need to receive. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome. Well, as I said, we are continuing on into our uh, Discovering You uh, series. And uh, to just kind of recap what we talked about on the last time, we did mention uh, the three, uh, we did mention the nine gifts of the Spirit, which are the gifts given by the Holy Spirit once you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And um, those uh, three groups, uh, they come in, they're nine gifts, but they're, uh, we break them up a lot of times into three different groups. And the first three groups are the three power gifts. These are the gifts that do something. Um, these are the gifts of faith, the gifts of healing, and the gifts of uh, working of miracles. And then um, we have the three utterance gifts, the gifts that say something. They are the gift of prophecy, the gift of diverse tongues, or the, inter- uh, the the gift of tongues, and then you have the interpretation of tongues, and then you have the three uh, revelation gifts, which are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. And if you want a more of a, a breakdown on those, I ask that you go to the last broadcast that we did, which is part one, and you can hear the breakdown on those. And then we have uh, the fivefold ministry gifts, which were given by Jesus Christ to uh, uh, perfect the saints uh, in the church. And these are the um, uh, the, the fivefold ministry gifts. These are found in Ephesians chapter four, verses. Um, uh, 11 and 12, and the first gift is that of an apostle. The second gift is that of a prophet. The third gift is that of an evangelist. The fourth and fifth gift are that of pastor slash teacher. 
some people say that that's just one gift, uh, but the majority of the church believes that it is pastor and then teacher. But however, these are the gifts that come from Jesus Christ himself. The nine gifts of the Spirit come from the Holy Spirit, and those particular gifts can be found in, uh, let's see, I believe it's, I'm sorry, let me look at my notes here. Those can be found in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter um, 12, verses 8 through 10. So we ask that when you get some time that you'll go into those particular scriptures and read up on those particular gifts. And then we have the seven motivational gifts, which are found in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. And these are the gifts that God gives us at birth. And these seven gifts are um, prophecy, which is uh, the eyes of the body, uh, teaching, which is the mind of the body, serving, which is the hands of the body, exhortation, which is the mouth of the body, giving, which are the arms of the body, uh, organization, which is the shoulders of the body, and mercy, which is the heart of the body. And so as I was saying earlier, in those particular seven different gifts, you are going to find uh, one to three of those gifts that are pretty prevalent in your life that you really see, oh, that's me. Oh, that's why I am the way I am. Last time we talked about the perceiver, we found out that the perceiver is one that they uh, it, they they like going to people and talking to people and trying to cause people, bring people to repentance. They're kind of harsh. They're kind of hardcore. They're no-nonsense kind of people. They, you know, they do uh, have a, a flair. They do like to laugh and they do like to joke, but they're more hardcore people. They're your people that make, like, uh, good police officers, uh, good judges. Uh, they make good uh, evangelists. Um, they are ones that uh, can handle uh, pretty tough situations. Uh, they when they when they come to you they they come to you because they're really trying to cause you to turn your life around. Sometimes they can seem judgmental. Uh, sometimes uh, if they're not saved, their words can really hurt, and 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 it can kind of destroy your spirit. So um, uh, with those of you who may be a perceiver. Uh, you are who you are, but sometimes you may even have to pray and ask God to do something so that you won't wound someone who you're trying to help. And so tonight we are going to get into the um, the motivational gift of helps or service, and the other motivational gift we will be sharing on will be that of a teacher. Now the motivational gifts uh, we some of some people like to call it the uh, helps give or the um, the um, ministry of helps or uh, in the scripture calls it uh, the service gift and a person with this motivational gift 
is more motivated to meet people's practical needs than he is motivated to meet the spiritual needs of people. They are people that uh, they don't think twice about helping someone. They are the ones that uh, they may see uh, someone begging on the street, and they don't really care that that person might be scamming or or in most cases, someone will think, well, you know, this could be an angel uh, unaware, and so I'm just going to help. They'll see a need. They'll see someone struggling to get their uh, their groceries in the car. They'll walk up and they'll help. They'll do whatever they can to meet someone else's need. This gift is realized through deeds rather than words. They don't do a lot of talking. Uh, matter of fact, they don't like to do a lot of talking. They're just people that... You know, hey, um, ma'am, I saw you. You you dropped uh, this out of your bag. Here, let me pick this up for you. They want to meet a need. They'll be the ones that will hold the door open uh, for you. They want to meet a need. A serving gift is always wanting to do something for someone else. He loves or she loves to help others yet they find it difficult to receive what someone else does for the, for them. Even though a person with the motiv- motivational gift of serving may seem organized, he does not have the ability to organize others. So most times he tends to do the work himself. Let me say that again. Even though a person with the motivational gift of serving may seem organized, he does not have the ability to organize others. So he tends to just do the work by himself. Now, the characteristics of the individual with the serving uh, motivational gift is this. They have an ability to recall the specific light likes and dislikes of other people. A person that has a motivational gift of serving, they will always remember how you like your coffee. They'll remember how you like, uh, your, your, you know, what's your favorite color. They'll remember that you like donuts or you like uh, salads or uh, you like um water instead of tea. They remember certain things like this. They remember your birthday, and uh, they even remember the things that you do not like so that uh, they won't uh, uh, offend you and do something like that again. Uh, his uh, The person who has the motivational gift of serving, his primary concern is to serve you as best as he can. Uh, Number one, they have an alertness to detect and meet practical needs, especially when dealing with a manual project. The motivation to meet needs as quickly as possible. They are motivated to meet a need as quickly as possible. They don't like to wait on other people. They want to get it done, and they want to get it done now. Hey, you have a need. Let's get it out of the way. Let's get it done right now. 
They are not into long-term goals. Short-term goal people, this is what they do. Hey, I'm here to meet a need. I don't want to go into four weeks uh, goal or five-week goal or six-year goal. I want to meet this need right here and right now. Number two, they prefer to step in quickly, working to produce immediate useful results. Then they move on to another need. So they prefer to step in quickly. They 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 want whatever they want to do. It it has to be immediate. It has to be useful. And once they've met that need, then they move on to something else. Uh, number three, their physical stamina to fulfill needs with disregard for weariness. They have physical stamina to fulfill needs with disregard for weariness. This means that they will work late into the night, totally ignoring their fatigue. The fulfillment of the need takes precedence over their own physical need. Now, this might even be the person that's like a, uh, that people consider a workaholic. Some of you wives, you know, my my husband always working. He's he's always working. But he is a short-term goal person, and he is—he wants to get it done, and he wants to get it done fastly. People who are uh, uh, need servers, they don't think a lot about themselves. They think about other people. Hey, let me meet this person's need. Let me uh, do what I need to do for this person. These are people that are pretty much good, uh, like in the service industry, you know, the banking industry, uh, the the uh, retail industry, anything where it, it comes in where they can help other people find or do or meet some kind of need. They will work with you until uh, everything uh, is everything. They, they will meet that need. They will meet that need. They don't want to see somebody do without. So they'll do whatever they have to do uh, to meet that need. Number four, they have a willingness to use personal funds to avoid delays. They have a willingness to use personal funds to avoid delays. That means they um, rather than wait until the funding has been approved or collected, a server will use his own money and in most cases not even desire a refund because this is their goal. This is what they do. They meet a need. Let's go ahead. Let's do this. Let's not wait around. Hey, let's get it done. Uh, I, I've got the money right here. I'll do it. Don't even worry about it. You don't have to pay me back. This is. A, I just want to be a blessing to you. I want to meet the need. Uh, meeting the need is paramount above all else, above everything. They enjoy meeting needs. They enjoy meeting the needs and helping other people out. Uh, they have a desire to complete the job with evidence of unexpected extras. So these are the people that you want in your churches, pastors, because these people, no matter what you say or what you tell them to do, 
they are going to do it. They are going to, you know, if you have five or seven or eight people with the uh, um, the, minister, uh, the motivational gift of serving, they're going to do whatever. These are your background people. They don't like to be out front. They like to be in the background. They don't even want you pulling them up front in church and saying, because you know, sister so-and-so did this or brother so-and-so did this. They are behind-the-scenes people. They work well. Most of the time they're quiet. Uh, they're, they're, they they just don't like a lot of hoopla. Just let me do my job, and, and if you pull them away from it, they want to hurry up and they want to get back to it. Uh, number five, doing the job or fulfilling the need is only part of their purpose. He will go to great lengths putting in extra service to complete the task faultlessly. Let me read that again, number five. Doing the job or fulfilling the need is only part of this purpose. He will go to great lengths putting in extra service to complete the task faultlessly. They have an ability to discern appreciation and insincerity. He knows when his work and he knows when his work and efforts are genuinely appreciated. He also knows when he is being taken advantage of. They know when you're sincere in your praise, and they know when you're insincere in your praise. And they also know when they're being used. And these people, you don't want to use them because you don't want to stop them from doing their God-given purpose, and that is to serve and help others. Uh, Number six, they have an inability to say no. They like doing for people, but in some cases because you do have servers and you know uh, that they're going to do what you ask, sometimes you can overtask them and you can use them so much until after a while, you know, they're going to stop because they don't know how to say no to you. So you have to be careful. You don't want to wear them out because a server can be uh, worn out. Uh, and they, like as I was saying, number six, they have an inability to say no. This results in involvement in a variety of activities and not enough time in which to do them. And you have servers in your churches, uh, on your jobs, people that, you know, don't mind doing things that they're asked, but uh, you can't just pile everything up on one server. They have a greater enjoyment over short-range goals. Remember, they are not long-term oriented. And then they need to see results very, very quickly. Number uh, seven, they have frustration when limitation of times are attached to them. When pressured with deadlines, all he sees is time slipping away. Number seven, I'm going to read that again. They have a frustration when limitation of time are attached to them. When pressured with deadlines, all they see 
is time slipping away. So you want to be careful with uh, servers. Just let them work at their pace. Um, you're going to have other people that are going to be your organizers and, and people of that nature, your givers. But let your servers do and be who they are. Rushing them um, is not a, 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 a something that you would want to do. You just want to allow them to do it. Uh, if they know that it has to be done by tomorrow, they're going to do everything they have to do to get it done by tomorrow. But somebody standing over them and harping over them, and especially like on your job when you have people that are willing to do things, it's not so much that uh, they want you standing over them to get it done. You have to allow a server to be able to get it done at his or her own pace. And then we have misunderstandings of the of individuals with the motivational gift of serving. These are misunderstandings of people with the motivational gift of serving. Number one, a quickness to meet needs may appear to be pushy. They want to meet that need. So they're going to do whatever they can. Now, they don't like, as I said earlier, they don't like time limits, but their quickness to meet a need may appear to some as being pushy or like they're trying to take over. That's not the case. That's just who they are. That's how they're built. That's their DNA, if you want to say. That's who they are. And you have to allow a server to be a server. And for those of you that are not a server and you have a server in your family, don't overtax them. Don't, you know, well, this is the one child that I can, I, you know, I, she's always doing for me. He's always doing for me. But you don't want to overtax them. But uh, you want uh, their quickness to meet a need, like to their brothers and their sisters or siblings or whoever, may seem like they're trying to be pushy or they're trying to be mom and dad's uh, uh, pet child. Uh, number two, servers tend to jump in and start a task whether they are supposed to be there or not. They tend to jump in and start a task whether they're supposed to be there or not because they see that there is a need and so they just start doing. Number uh, three, an avoidance of red tape may result in excluding others from their job. Servers sometimes cannot see the purpose in going through three or four other people in order to get the job done. They say, you know what, I know how to do this, or you know what, we need money uh, to buy this product so that we can make that product and sell it. So I'm just going to go down. They don't wait for the check. They just, from the church or the check from the job, they just go and take their own money, and they go on down, and they buy, the, buy what they need. They fix the thing up so that you can sell it. So they're not into a lot of red tape, you know, uh, a lot of protocol. You know, I've I, I got to go to so-and-so to get this. i got to go to so-and-so to get that. They are just people that want to get it done. Uh, number four. Servers disregard, their disregard of personal needs 
may be extended to their family. Let me repeat that. A server's disregard of personal needs may be extended to their families. Sometimes servers need to be told to go home to their own families because they will stay there and work. They'll stay there at the church late. They'll stay there at the job late. They'll stay wherever it is if they're volunteering. So-and-so didn't come in. Uh, well, I'll do their shift. That's what a server does. But And it seems like they're, they're disregarding uh, their own family needs or their own needs because they're trying to meet the needs of others. So sometimes with servers, uh, and those of you who have servers in your church or on your jobs or whatever, sometimes you're just going to tell them, look, go home. We can finish this up tomorrow. They're going to protest, but you're just going to have to put your foot down and say, look, no, no, we can't do this. You know, it's getting late. We all need to get home and send them home to their families. Number five, an eagerness to serve may prompt suspicion of advancement. It appears that the server is trying to impress the person in charge for personal gain. Let me read that again. Number five, an eagerness to serve may prompt suspicion of advancement. It appears that the server is trying to impress the person in charge for personal gain. This means the server may react negatively to others who do not detect and meet obvious needs. He feels everyone should recognize um, that need. Now, people who are servers, a lot of times it does seem like they're seeking advancement. But servers don't like to be in charge. As I said, uh, basically they are behind the scene people. Um, So they will react negatively to others who do not detect and meet obvious needs. They see a need and they don't understand why doesn't this person uh, see that need? Why doesn't the church see that this person have a need? Because everyone does not move in the same motivational gift. A server feels that like everybody should uh, 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 want to uh, meet that need, just like a perceiver feels like everyone should just want to get out there and cause people to repent. So they're constantly talking to people and telling people, you know, you need to get this right, you need to do that right, you need to do this, you need to do that, and they don't understand why other people aren't saying anything. Uh, Number six, insistence on serving may appear to be rejection of being served. Insistence on serving may appear to be rejection of being served. Uh, A server has a hard time letting other people meet his or her needs. They are only gifted for giving and not for receiving. They only like to give. They don't care too much about receiving. And if you do give them something, it it takes them, you know, it's kind of hard for them to receive it, but they will receive. But they, they, like I said earlier, 
They just prefer to be in the background saying, you know what, I'm doing what I've been called to do. This is my calling. This is what I'm going to do. Number seven, the um, server uh, has a desire to sense sincere appreciation. The, The server's desire to sense sincere appreciation may result in being easily hurt. Let me read that again. The the desi- the server's desire to sense sincere appreciation may result in being easily hurt. Uh, the hurt and anger may be so deep that it will keep him from going to or being involved in church. Their hurt is more important than their spiritual growth because what they do, they do from the heart. They do out of love. They do because that's who they are. But they can be easily hurt, and it will cause them not to want to be involved in anything else uh, in the church or on the job. Number eight, quickness in meeting the needs of others may interfere with the spiritual lesson God is teaching those with the need. Let me read that one again. Number eight, their quickness in meeting the needs of others may interfere with the spiritual lesson that God is teaching those who have the need. Sometimes a service is so quick to get in there and help, they don't take the time to ask God, Lord, is there a reason this is happening? Should I help or should I not help? Because sometimes God allows things to happen in our lives so that we might learn something, uh, so that we might uh, learn how to endure, uh, maybe even learn how to appreciate certain things that God has given us. Uh, Because sometimes some people have a need and they become so dependent on you that they lose their dependency uh, on God. Uh, Number nine, meeting practical needs may be judged by others as lack of interest in spiritual matters. Number nine, meeting practical needs may be judged by others as lack of interest in spiritual matters. Now, uh, uh, a server, he may miss church service to make sure that everything else is running smoothly. They, they may work a lot of overtime. They may work on Sunday. Uh, there might be something going on at the church, and instead of them going into worship service, They stay behind to do that thing that needs uh, to be done. So he may miss church service to make sure everything else is running smoothly. So you want to talk with your service in the church. Let them know, I know that this is your motivation. I know that this is what moves you. I know that this is who you are. But I don't want you to forget the spiritual side We need you in service so that you can grow in the Lord, so that you can further do what God has called you to do. 
Number nine, stamina may be interpreted as insensitivity or impatience with others helping. Number nine, stamina may be interpreted as insensitivity or impatience with others helping. Um, What that means is in order to get the job done, they just get in and they do it. Other people, as I said earlier, as it was stated earlier, uh, think that they're trying to take over, that maybe they're a little pushy. But uh, all they want to do is get the job done. So they jump in head first, feet first, and they do, they just start working. Their enjoyment of short-range goals may result in a leadership position. Their enjoyment of short-range goals may result in a leadership position. This will result in disaster because the, because the server is not a leader. They become too frustrated and disorganized with long-range goals. As a pastor, as a supervisor, as a manager, you need to know everybody that uh, is in your church, uh, everybody that's on your job. You need to have them uh, take these certain um, motivational tests so that you will know exactly where to place people in the ministry so you're not placing a perceiver who is a harsh person in counseling and you put a mercy person uh, in charge of uh, maybe the prison ministry. You want to know where to place people, the right people, so that the work can flow in the ministry and your church can flow and that everything will run like clockwork. But you don't want to put your servers in leadership a lot of times because that's not really what they enjoy. They enjoy uh, being in the background, doing uh, the background stuff, the background scene, uh, the the cooking. Uh, they enjoy the cleaning. Uh, they enjoy doing the uh, the the um, like the the quilts and the comforters. You know, if you're doing like a little sale or something. They enjoy uh, serving at the pastor's table. They enjoy being, uh, they're your people that you want as your armor bearers. Um, Just, you know, they're humble people. They're very humble, but they can be easily hurt if their uh, sincerity or what they're doing is misjudged. Now, I have a couple, uh, or I have a biblical example of someone who has who has the uh motivational gift of serving and we know the story of Mary and of Martha uh Lazarus two sisters and we want to talk about Martha uh in Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 42 Martha had a motivational gift of serving And it goes like this. Martha was serving, and she was more involved with meeting the physical need, which was the food, than the spiritual need, which was learning from Jesus. She could not see the long-range goal here 
Um, and she could not learn what she could while the master was still present uh, in her home. Martha was worried that she would not be able to finish her task in the allotted time. She was more concerned with her meal than with the one she was really serving, which was Jesus. Martha became too involved and too troubled about too many things. Jesus told her to calm down. The cares of this world will choke your faith. You know, just calm down. Everything is going to work. Martha could have brought what she had to Jesus and asked him to multiply because Martha had seen Jesus do so many other miraculous things. But instead, she tried to pull Mary into her motivational gift of serving. That was not Mary's gift, but that was Martha's gift. Jesus reprimanded her immediately in verse uh, verse 42, telling her that Mary had chosen to sit at his feet and learn. Because, you see, Mary had the motivational gift of teaching, research, learning. Um, John 11 and 45 says that the Jews came to her after Lazarus' death and saw and believed, speaking about uh, Mary. Jesus protected Mary's motivational gift by not letting Martha pull her out of it. If you have the motivational gift of serving or whatever your motivational gift is, don't let people pull you out of your particular gift because, first of all, you're not going to be happy in in what they're, uh, maybe what they put you into because that's not what you're motivated. That's not the gift that God has given unto you. And uh, next we're going to go into the childhood characteristics of individuals with the motivational gift of serving. And uh, this is these are some of the um, things that you some of the characteristics that you might want to look at in your children who have a motivational gift of serving. And number one, they're good with their hands. Uh, number two, they learn to color inside the lines easily. Uh, number three, they're adapt at manipulating small things like putting the square peg in the square hole, the round peg in the round hole. Uh, Number four, they're great imitators. Number five, they like to help. They need to feel like they're being constructive. Number six, they are not necessarily workers, but they want to pitch in and do what they see mom and dad doing. Usually they have one best friend. I'm sorry, that would be number seven, I believe. Usually they have one best friend and one or two others. They operate best in small groups. And number eight, I believe it is, uh, teenage servers, tend to have a creativity uh, about them. They seem to be pretty creative. So watch your children. Watch what they do. Watch how they react uh, in certain ways. 
and see. You may have a child that is a server. This may be the child that um, uh, just, you know, likes doing things, like doing things uh, in the family. They see a need. Uh, maybe, they, you know, one of their brothers and sisters are, aren't able to um, uh, finish cleaning up their room. So they just go in automatically without the parent saying, go in there and help your sister or go in there and help your brother. But they love being helpful one to another. Hallelujah. Well, right now we're going to go into a musical selection. I pray that you enjoy this selection. It is called I Give Myself Away, and then we're going to go into our next teaching, which is on the motivational gift of teaching. Enjoy, I give myself away. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away. So you can come on, let him know. I give myself away. I give myself away. So you can use me. I give myself away. What would happen? It's a generation embrace this. Come on, tell me. Here I am. Here I am.
Praise God. I give myself to you. I give myself away. Praise God. We do have a caller on the line. Hello, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. I uh, Well, first of all, I wanted to wish you a happy birthday. Thank you. And uh, uh, thank you for the tidbits on the, the children. Oh, praise I'm, God. Yeah, I'm going to be looking into that and, and seeing if uh, if one of my daughters is a server because some of those characteristics kind of matched her. So I'm going to be looking into that. Amen. Amen. Very informative. Thank you. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you for calling. You're welcome. Continue uh-huh. to have a blessed birthday. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Praise God. We thank God for that caller. Yes, we do ask that you look at your children's lives and see because you want to be able to train them up in that area uh, so that they uh, will be able to be used by God in that motivational gift so that that motivational gift, you can train them properly in that gift and they won't misuse that gift, but that it will flow in them freely in the right sort of a way. So I do thank and praise God for the, for our caller, and I thank her for wishing me a happy birthday. And I'm just uh, sitting here just enjoying the Lord on this evening with each and every one of you. And I wanted you to know that on next Sunday, I want to um, uh, just open up the calls next Sunday for Mother's Day. Uh, it'll be a special Mother's Day uh, program. I'm going to ask you to call in, uh, say whatever you want to say, what wonderful things you want to say about your mom, your play mom, your grandmother, your your aunt, whoever it might be uh, that has been a mother to you. And we're going to open up next Sunday night uh, on Mother's Day for you to just uh, pay homage and tribute to your mother. So uh, stay tuned with us for that on next weekend. Uh, Well, let's get back into our teaching here. We're going to probably try to go through this one a little bit faster than our last one. But this is on the uh, motivational gift of teaching. And um, as I said earlier, the teaching, the person that has a teaching motivational gift, they are the mind of the body because they are the researchers. They're the ones that go in and they research stuff and they teach on stuff and and they look for things um, that most of us who maybe those of us who have like the mercy gift, we're not too much into research. We do study, but not so much into heavy research like the teacher. Uh, teaching is a desire to search out, find, and impart truth. That's what uh, someone who has the motivational gift gift of teaching is. It is a desire to search out, find, and impart truth. Now, the characteristics of an individual of an individual with the motivational gift of teaching. Uh, number one the belief that his gift is foundational to all other gifts. They believe that everything taught, everything thought, that every thought conveyed to others requires a precise expression through our words. Let me read that again. Number one, the belief that his gift is foundational to all other gifts. 
They believe everything taught, everything, every thought conveyed to others requires precise expression through our words. Teaching, therefore, is foundational to all church gifts in the eyes of a teacher. That would be the fivefold ministry gifts. That would be the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the motivational gifts. They think that the teaching uh, gift is foundational to all church gifts. That is in the eyes of the teacher who has a motivational gift of teaching. We're not talking about the teacher uh, in the fivefold ministry gifts. Their gifts vary a little bit. But uh, a teacher, who person who has a motivational gift of teaching can possibly be used in the motivational gift of teaching because of the research and the study. Uh, a, the person with the motiva- motivational gift of teaching, there is an, emph- an emphasis on the accuracy of words. Every word has to be precise. Every word has to be accurate. The teacher is very careful to use the correct wording. There is a testing of the accuracy of words. They want to make sure that the words are being used properly uh, in in context, that they're using the words as they're supposed to be uh, used. Not every occurrence of a word has the same meaning. The teacher is careful to weigh the meaning of words. Against such criteria as text, context, audience, speaker, and history, they are careful to weigh the meaning of words against such criteria as text, context, audience, speaker, and history. They want to make sure that everything you're saying is precise. They want to make sure that everything you're saying is true, and not just you, but everything that they're saying. Uh, They just want to make sure that you are right on target with everything that you're sharing, teaching, and preaching. Number two, there is a delight in research to validate ideas and information. Number two, there is a delight in research to validate ideas and information. Teaching. Uh, Teaching is the only goal the teacher has for the student, pupil, or disciple. Again, let me read that. Teaching is the only goal the teacher has for the student, pupil, or disciple. Research and learning are the goals the teacher has for himself and for his students. Only when the teacher has realized his personal goals will he proceed to the goal set to the children. I'm not children, I'm sorry, to the students. Once a, a, a teacher has realized his goal, what he wants to do, then he sets out to uh, uh, set up goals for his students, his pupil, or his disciples. He is one that believes in research 
and he's one that uh, likes to build on foundation on top of foundation, word on word on word on word. He believes totally in his research and his study and how he structures uh, 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 that teaching that he's bringing forth. Number three, the validating of new information by established systems of truth. Uh, uh, the teacher likes the, val- likes the validation of new information by established systems of truth. This means the teacher will use every resource available to him to prove or disapprove any new ideas. The teacher will use every resource available to him to prove or disapprove any new ideas. He never flies by the seat of his pants. He can tell you exactly. He doesn't make up words. He doesn't go by what he hears. He doesn't go by what someone else says. But he's able to go back to the area where he found what what he's trying to prove to you. He'll go right back to that page, right back to that book, and show you this is what it says. He never flies by the seat of his pants. Uh, The presentation of truth in a systematic sequence. The teacher is very orderly in the presentation of any materials. Let me read that again. The The presentation of truth in a systematic sequence. The teacher is very orderly in the presentation of any material. He is orderly. Everything is in order. Everything is in place. Uh, He doesn't do anything out of sequence. He follows the rules. He follows step one. He follows step two. He follows step three. He is very orderly in the presentation of any materials. These are your people who like your Sunday school teachers in your businesses. These are your sales people who know how to do presentations Uh, They know how to talk well. They're very knowledgeable about product. They're very knowledgeable about the word, and they just won't take anybody's word for it. They are people that you have to prove it to them. Number four, an avoidance of demonstration from non-biblical sources. They have an avoidance of demonstration from non-biblical sources. We are talking about someone that's saved here. Uh, this whole lesson is basically about Christian lifestyle. So the teacher has an avoidance of demonstration from non-biblical sources. Anything that they're teaching uh, that has to do with Christianity uh, or religion, a uh, Christian religion, they don't use outside sources or non-biblical Sources. They only use biblical sources. The teacher resists using non-biblical sources in both formal and informal teaching. If it's not found in the word, the relevance or validity is immediately suspect. They don't go by what they hear. They don't go by what somebody else says. They will study that word. They will search out that word until they find exactly what they are looking for, and they don't take any 
anybody else's opinion on it because they've researched it out and they've studied it for themselves. These are the people that when you're up teaching Bible study or you're teaching Sunday school, these are the people that are always asking you the tough questions. These are the people that's always like some people say, oh, I wish he would be quiet or she would be quiet. But these are the people who are very studious and they study. Now, they might not be a teacher in real life, and you know, in their job, but they, they are students of the word. Uh, number five says, <coughs> excuse me, number five says, a resistance to scriptural illustration out of context. Uh, careful observation of both text and context are hallmarks of the teacher. Number five, again, let me read that. It says they have a resistance to scriptural illustrations that are out of context. Like I said earlier, they don't just take your word for it. It has to be, um, they don't take anything that's out of context. Everything has to be in context. They want everything uh, line upon line, precept upon precept. They want everything to come straight out of that word of God. They they have careful observation of both text and context and are hallmarks. I'm sorry, careful observation of both text and context are hallmarks uh, of the teacher. They whatever you share with them, if you're standing up against them and you're trying to share anything with, don't take anything out of context. Uh, don't bring in somebody somebody's uh, testimony. Don't bring in uh, some other book or anything like that. It has to come out of the Word of God, or it has to be some other reputable uh, Christian or biblical-type book for them to understand and for you to prove your point to them. Number six, they have great joy in researching truth than in presenting it. They have great joy in researching truth than in presenting it. The teacher would much prefer to be left alone with researching ideas and materials. They are very studious. Now, that does not necessarily mean that they are smart in school or anything of this nature. It's just that they have a fondness for research and they like to uh, research ideas, and they like to be alone with those researching those ideas and uh, the uh, the material that they are researching with. Uh, presentations of the of the material, no matter how valuable, is seen as time neglecting research. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me read this again. It says presentation of the material no matter how valuable, is seen as time neglecting researching some other idea. They would rather, they don't want to do a lot of presenting and things of this nature. Uh, they do like um, they do like for you to be able to answer a question if they, if they have a question, but they would prefer to just study on their own, to research things, out and know that what they what they uh, uh, have looked at or what they've learned that this is truly from God 
for them. Now, the misunderstanding of an event, of an individual with the motivational gift of teaching. Number one, the emphasis on the accuracy of scriptural interpretation may appear to neglect its practical application. Let me read number one again. Now, these are the misunderstandings of an individual with the motivational gift of teaching. The emphasis on the accuracy of scriptural interpretation may appear to neglect its practical application. The teacher wishes to have the fundamental the fundamental interpretation as accurate as possible. They want to have the fundamental interpretation as accurate as possible. Uh, this will allow for a more accurate interpretation of spiritual applications of the thought. Research may appear to be dependent on more than the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit. It may seem sometimes like they're researching and they're not praying. And so that which they're learning is more uh, on a man level than allowing the Holy Spirit to teach them and show them what the uh, what that particular scripture or that particular context is trying to say to them. This is owning to the fact that the teacher will often be found more involved in searching thoughts and ideas than in prayer. It is to be understood that the teacher is in a continuous attitude of prayer, both in researching and in teaching. They do spend time in prayer. Uh, because they have to in order for the Holy Spirit to speak to them about what's going on. But some of the misunderstandings for a teacher is that they're more uh, interested in the research side than in allowing the Holy Spirit to teach them. So if you have these types of people in your church or on your job, especially in your church, you want to make sure that you still in them an attitude of prayer so that when they're teaching or when they're learning or when they're researching that they get the proper um, idea of what that scripture or what the word of God or what God himself is speaking to them. And especially if you're putting them up in front of the congregation because you don't want them to get up and say, the wrong thing, say that this is what it means when it totally means the opposite. For those of you pastors out there who have a person who has a motivational gift of teaching, you have got to really know your word when they begin to ask you questions because they can frustrate you. They can cause you a lot of frustration. So you have to know the word. You can't get mad at them. You can't get angry with them because that's what it's all about for them. It's all about learning and researching. And once they learn and they research it, and if you teach them how to research and how to study the word of God, they will be a great asset to your your church ministry, especially in any of your teaching uh, departments. 
Number two, the use of knowledge in testing others may appear to be pride of learning. Number two, the use of knowledge in testing others may appear to be a pride of learning. The teacher uses himself as a cornerstone and places his own knowledge on the table as a benchmark. Those who do not surpass his knowledge will benefit most from his services. Those who do not surpass the, surpass this knowledge will benefit most from his service. So as a pastor, as a as a leader in the church, a teacher, whoever you may be, you before you deal with this particular person, know your word. Know uh the word for yourself so that you can uh, rightly divide that word of truth to them so that they might be able to grow richly in the word and they might be able to uh, impart the word in the way that the word needs to be imparted. Um, Let's see here. The concern to impart details of research may appear to be unnecessary to those listening. The concern to impart details of research may appear to be unnecessary to those who are listening. Uh, Those who are motivated by the, the teaching gift, they like to impart they like to impart all the details they to them it's fascinating, but to those of us that maybe aren't into research uh it may uh, to us it may appear um unnecessary you know we're like, you know what, just tell me the gist of it don't don't get into the the who what and the why uh so those of you who are teachers you, you must i want you to remember that you must uh preach on a teach on a level that people can understand so that what you're trying to impart to them won't be boring to them and they won't they're and they're not uh listening to what you have to say. Let's see. While the listener or student may not feel some of the points or issues are particularly relevant, it must be remembered that the teacher that the teacher's first pupil is himself. Let me read that again. While the listener or student may not feel some of the points or issues are particularly relevant, it must be remembered that the teacher's first pupil is himself. Uh, The Holy Ghost quickens each item to his spirit making those items a relevant issue in the mind of the teacher. The Holy Ghost quickens each item to his spirit, to the teacher's spirit, making those items a relevant issue in the mind of the teacher. Now, to him, you know, he might be like, wow, man, this is good teaching. This is awesome. This is great. This is fabulous. This is uh, exhilarating. I mean, this is just powerful stuff. And you're like, mm, you know, you're not uh, receiving it the same way that he did. But if you are a teacher, you know, don't get discouraged behind that. You continue on doing uh, what the Spirit of the Lord has given you to do. 
And there are other teachers out there that may be grasping every word that you are saying. Um, The need to be objective in research may appear to lack warmth and feeling when speaking. The need to be objective in research may appear to lack warmth and feeling when speaking. The teacher has a tendency to rely upon the written word the same way a pilot learns to rely upon his gauges. He has little use for any emotional seasoning since that could serve to taint the material. That teacher is all about teaching. They rely on one thing and one thing only, and they rely on that written word. And it may seem like when they're teaching or sharing the word of God that there's no warmth there, that there's no feeling there, that it's almost robotic-like. But that's how they are. They're a researcher. They're a teacher. Uh, they, they just get up and they impart what they know. Some, some may feel a little excitement. Some may not. Some may show a little bit of, of joy when they're up talking about it. Some may not. All they want to do is they want to get the information to you. A uh, biblical example of an individual with the motivational gift of teaching would be Paul. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and he spent three years researching and learning prior to commencing his ministry as an apostle. You can find that in Galatians 1 and 18. Paul was a, uh, he, he, he loved the word. He researched the word. Uh, I don't believe that Paul was a, a great motivational type speaker that got people all excited possibly because he just told it like it was, you know, and you either took it or you left it, you know. But Paul was one of the uh, biblical characters or biblical people that was motivated in the gift of teaching. Now, childhood characteristics of individuals with the motivational gift of teaching. Number one, orderly, punctual, faithful in whatever they do. Um, Number two, never easily persuaded. Number three, they like intricate toys. Number four, they like to read, and they will read anything from comics to encyclopedias. Uh, Number five, not necessarily the most brilliant students, but have a very inquisitive mind. And number six, I believe it is, all all ten, they all all children who are motivated by teaching tend to be loners. They dislike large groups and they enjoy being by themselves. I hope that you enjoyed this teaching on tonight. If you found yourself in either one of these um uh gifts, these are your motivational gifts. 
I pray that you'll begin to, if you haven't already, uh, begin to uh, move in those particular gifts. Pretty much you have because they are gifts that motivate you throughout your life. Uh, Some teachers, sometimes people will call know-it-alls. They say you think you know everything. You're always uh, talking knowledge about what you know. Uh, But that's just it. They do know a lot because they do research things and they do find things out that other people don't take time to learn. Uh, Those of you that are servers, don't, um, don't get weary in what you are doing. Continue to serve. Continue to let God use you in that area. For those of you that are perceivers, we ask that you will allow God to use you because you do have a heart for people to get their lives right with Christ. But in every, in, in all of these three particular gifts, allow your gifts to be seasoned uh, by God. Allow God to temper your 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 gifts so that you use them in the right way. Well, I pray that you did enjoy this uh, teaching on this evening. Uh, we have about 19 more minutes left. Uh, our phone lines are open. Uh, our phone number is one eight one eight four seven five nine two two nine. And I'm asking you again on next week. Um, we want to do a special tribute to our mothers. And I'm asking you to call in on next Sunday night and just pay uh, play, pay tribute to your mom. Many of you have mothers like myself who have gone on to be with the Lord, uh, but you can just call up and say something special about her, uh, how good she was to you, how much she loved you. For those of you that have a mom, I'm asking you to call in and just pay tribute to her and let her know. Uh, Call her up and have her listening uh, as you call in and talk about what a great woman she is, what a great mother she is. Uh, It may be your grandmother. It may be your play mom. It it may be your, um, your best friend's mom, whoever. But just call in and just say something special about the mother the woman that has been a mother, a true mother to you in your life. So join us next week for our special uh, Mother's Day um, uh, tribute on next Sunday night at 7.30 here on blogtalkradio.com slash a word from God. Well, you've heard me uh, say this for several weeks now um, on the radio. I, I have had my pastor on a couple of two or three weeks ago, and we were talking about our women's conference that is coming up on Mother's Day weekend, which is next weekend. And uh, we are asking you to come out and be a part of this awesome, awesome uh, conference that's going to be taking place in uh, Irving, Texas on this Wednesday night, uh, Wednesday and Thursday night at the Day Springs Family Church. Uh, 618 North Beltline Road, Irving, Texas, uh, starting at 7 o'clock each night. And then on Friday, um, it is going to be held at the Gaylord Texan Resort. We're going to have our workshops on Friday morning. And then at 7 o'clock that evening at the Gaylord, uh, we're going to have a special um, uh, service on that night. And then on Saturday, all day Saturday, we will be back at the Gaylord Uh, uh, with more great teaching and preaching and sharing and a wonderful luncheon and awesome conference bag. 
and the price of our registration is $99. And we're asking you to go to our website, which is dayspringfamilychurch.org, and we're asking you to go and look at our um, our 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 conference itinerary, uh, look at our commercial that we have on there about our, our women's conference. Uh, it is the Dayspring Denim and Diamond Women's Conference and Luncheon, and it will be held at the Gaylord Texan Resort Mother's Day weekend, May 4th through the 7th. Um, the $99 fee, it includes your registration fee, uh, to get into the conference on Friday morning, Friday evening, and all day Saturday. There is a awesome, gorgeous, beautiful conference bag that our First Lady Pastor uh, Sonia Dickerson has uh, got for us. Everybody that uh, comes to the uh, conference who has registered, you will get this awesome bag. It is a fabulous Fabulous handbag, and we want you to come and be a part, not just so much because you want to get the bag, uh, although that is part of it, but we want you to come because God is going to meet us there. There are going to be some great and powerful things that are going to take place. God is already revealing to us what he is going to do on that weekend, on that Saturday. We're going to have a wonderful conference luncheon. There are going to be all kinds of workshops. Uh, there will be vendors there. We're going to have vendors. You can come in and do some shopping with us. Um, it's just going to be dynamic. I mean, it is going to be dynamic. And so we're going to ask you to come out. Uh, our services, Monday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night all start at, uh, I believe it's 7 o'clock Friday morning. It starts at 9. You would need to be registered for the Friday morning class. That's where the $99 fee comes in all day Saturday. Again, that's where you need to be registered for what's going to take place on Saturday and for our luncheon. And we're just asking you to come out, be a part. You can still register for the conference. Um, uh, just call, just go to dayspringsfamilychurch.org. You can pay for your registration fee online. It is going to be an awesome conference. Uh, you might be in the Dallas-Fort Worth area on Mother's Day weekend. Come out and join us. Come out and just worship the Lord with us. It is going to be an awesome, awesome time. Uh, our speakers, uh, our own pastor, uh, Sonia Dickerson uh, from the Dayspring Family Church, uh, Dr. Cheryl Brady from the Potter's House, Allen, um, Dr. Uh, Wanda Bolton-Davis, and uh, Dr. Jessica Ingrams, they're going to all be speaking. These are mighty, mighty, mighty women of God. And if you want to hear a word from God, especially designed for you, I would ask that you would come out and be with us uh, on our Mother's Day weekend uh, women's conference, our Denim and Diamond Conference. Hallelujah. And I just want to say, uh, this evening, thank you so much for those of you that called in and wished me happy birthday. For those of you, again, who uh, wished me happy birthday on Facebook. To all of my church members who wished me happy birthday, my family, my friends, my childhood friends, my longtime friends, people I knew uh, growing up in Alaska, people I knew in California and 
and and Little Rock, Arkansas, a lot of places where I've lived and and been in Hawaii, everywhere. I just thank and praise God for each and every one of you. I thank you for your prayers. I thank you for your support. I'm going to ask you to tune in tomorrow morning with me. I'm going to be just playing some music uh, just uh, to uh, uh, just soothe your spirit on tomorrow to just allow you to have a great and a beautiful and an awesome day. I want to say uh, uh, to my family who came down uh, from Colleen, Texas today, thank you so much. You made my birthday such a wonderful, wonderful day. To my other daughter in uh, Washington, I thank you, baby, for the great time that we had while I was there, all the wonderful things you did for me. It has truly been a blessing. I have two of the greatest daughters in the world, and I love them very, 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 very much. And I want to say tonight, thank you for tuning in uh, to a word from God. It is a blessing to be able to share with you every Sunday night uh, the word of God that God has given to me. So thank you for tuning in to a word of God on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess, evangelist, Rebecca Collier-Hagler, saying thank you for joining us. May God richly bless all of your endeavors for him. See you next week, and good night. Have a blessed week. I was up late one night, and I heard God say, see
Whatever God promised, He will never, never. 
never forget, no, no, no. With the seed of Abraham's you can go on in and possess the land. It's yours, it's yours, it's yours, it's yours. Go on and walk in your seed. Put a smile on your face. Let the Holy Spirit erase.